0: Hey everyone, you are welcome to another episode of the Regardless podcast. It's been a while. Um, I've been crazy, crazy, crazy busy with the whole um, Clarissemite group acquisition, which I know I need to do a podcast about, and I will do that. However, today I'm super excited to talk to the amazing Cassidy Ford. Cassidy is here. Hi, Cassidy. Hey. So, so happy to have you here and have you on my uh, podcast. Uh, so Cass- I'll let her introduce herself in a little bit, uh, but she is an account manager at Franchise Relationship Management um, huh, Software. I knew I was going <laughs> to mess this up. Oh my god!
1: No, 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 no. Um, I'm the account director at FRM Solutions. There we go. You got the software part right. Okay. Got the- <laughs> of
0: course I was going to get the software part right, because that's all do, right? So, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your amazing, amazing, amazing story?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, congratulations on the acquisition. That was really exciting. I saw that on LinkedIn, and um, you know, I wanted to kind of extend that to you today. But uh, thanks for having me on. I am uh, someone who is in the franchise space. I work for a, a franchise focused CRM uh, provider. At FRM Solutions. And I also have Tourette syndrome. Mm. And my journey to get where I am today has been a long and winding one that has been a lot of fun, but a lot of unknown. I so I am a very big franchise nerd. Yeah. I will get really, really nerdy about it. And it is something that drives me pretty much every day. So mm-hmm. I am uh, proud, proud to be part of this community. I started out in franchising, I guess, eight or nine years ago. And I had just been diagnosed with Tourette's about a year prior, which is odd because I, am, I was an adult at that yeah. point in time. Get- and most most of the time, Tourette's is diagnosed for a child, and a lot of times, you know, tics will start early on. But my tics did not start until I was seventeen.
0: Really?
1: Yes, yeah. If you are out there and you're wondering what Tourette Syndrome is, by the way.
0: Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's a good question. <laughs> uh, or franchising. I don't know. I'm sure you have people <laughs> tuning in to hear, you uh, know, what is her. franchising. Yeah.
0: That's actually a really good call out. Um, for those listening, I was just telling Cassidy that I had heard of Tourette's Syndrome from one of my favorite shows. And do not judge me, okay? But I love 90 Day Fiance so much. And I had heard of Tourette Syndrome because one of the participants um, had it. And, and hers was such an incredible journey too, just letting her partner know, you know, educating the partner about it and, and all of that. So anyways, all of that to say, please take a step back and tell us
1: yeah. what Tourette Syndrome is. You say that, it's really funny. I went on a first date last night and yeah. I know, I know, right? Oh so things are starting that. to open up a little bit and, you know, social distance dating yeah. is kind of interesting, but it's, it's a lot more interesting when you're meeting someone for the first time, every time when yeah. you have Tourette syndrome. So what that is, is um, basically it's a neurological condition that causes involuntary movements and sounds it can be pretty simple it can be very complex I happen to have a more severe um kind of version there's not versions but uh, of the condition I have what's called coprolalia or coprolalia depending on who you are and how you pronounce it mm-hmm. but it is a cursing tick and most people will uh, recognize Tourette's as the stereotypical uh, disease that's on tv or in the movies or from the comedians out there on stage Mm -hmm. as walking around just dropping f-bombs which I do but uh, most of the time I can do that under my breath or Mm -hmm. I can suppress my tics and a lot of people don't know that about me and yeah most People with Trets don't do that. There's a big education piece, which is on 90 Day Fiance. Every time we meet somebody new, we have to educate about what this is and, and I everything. I Right. Um, it was a really, I think, a great time for me to be embarking on on this journey of having a diagnosis of Trets. I kind of knew what it was before. I was diagnosed, but I uh, had gotten to this point by taking a victory lap in college. I had basically a mental breakdown, dealing with um, some learning disabilities and some mental health things that uh, come along as comorbidities, which is Mm -hmm. like a co-occurring condition with Tourette's. Mm -hmm. So I was dealing with all of that, Uh, spent a year at home writing a thesis, went through a phase of working in a toxic work environment, punching myself in the face, punching walls, throwing things as ticks. Mm-hmm. And I finally got a diagnosis and I kind of came into my own a little bit at that point. And that's exactly the same time that I started working in the franchise space.
0: I see.
1: And that really launched me into a whole new phase in my life because I found that I loved the business model. Mm-hmm. I loved the people and, and everything about it. And I started working on a company that had just been on shark tank. So it was really exciting at the time. Yeah. And it just set me down a path to really having to be an advocate for myself mm-hmm. as a woman, as someone with a disability, um, there's a lot of intersectionality with, with that, that, you know, these, these different things are overlapping and my experiences are impacting, um, my, my personal and professional world. So that's a huge th- theme of, of my story. And over the years, I have just had doors open for me. And I think a huge part of that is having a sense of humor about the Mm -hmm. struggles that you're going through. It is following your guts and knowing your self-worth and self-value comes not from the way other people uh, define you and the way that they speak about you, but from the joy that you intentionally pursue. Right.
0: Cool.
1: And uh, now I'm at FRM And I am loving what I do. I have spent time in franchise sales and operations on the franchisor side, and now I'm on the supplier side. And I feel like it's a great platform now for me to be able to share my story, which is why I'm so excited that I get to sit down and talk to you today.
0: I know know. this is, this is just, this is so great. And this is, this is what this whole podcast, at least the idea behind the podcast um, is, it's just, you know, getting stories of people who have done amazing things and are just, you know, living their fullest, regardless of the circumstances that that hold, that, I don't wanna say hold them back, but you know, that people would typically think uh, will hold them back. So like my son is special needs. And one of the things that I always think about for him is, you know, when when he grows up, are are, are people going to understand him? How is he going to navigate the workforce? How are things gonna How are things gonna be, you know, for him? Just because some things he does are different, and 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 a lot of people just just don't get that. So, can we talk a little bit about that? Because I think that um, special needs is something that keeps coming up especially um, in more recent times with kids getting diagnosed with ASD and, and you know, all sorts of different things. How do you, th- what, what kind of advice would you give for navigating the workforce for someone with a disability?
1: It is not easy. Mm. You know, autism spectrum disorder is is um kind of comorbid also i'll just say that word again with Tourette syndrome a lot of the the things that you know uh, uh that i experience are on a spectrum as well of the different things that someone with Tourette's would experience mm-hmm. we all have different lived you know uh, uh um things that we go through i do not necessarily see people like me in the workforce. And when I do, it is, it is, it's hard for me to explain. I think I get a little bit, I get a little bit frustrated by it right now, but I also have a lot of hope because when I started out in my career, my tics, I was told to be quiet. I was told that I would never advance in my career if I was making noise all the time. I was treated in a way that was very derogatory, and I went through a really difficult time with that. Mm -hmm. And it was the support of other people and me doing my own research and learning how to advocate for myself Mm -hmm. that... Led me out of that and then finding a positive workplace where there's a story that I've told other people before. I think I tell this every time someone talks to me about this. Mm -hmm. But when I was at my first franchise company, I was with a team who was so supportive. There was a meeting one time that was an all day meeting. I was so stressed out. I had to get up out of the room and walk outside and just scream my you know, until I was hoarse and okay. then I could come back in and I could suppress my ticks a little bit longer and I could focus a little bit better. I would throw popcorn in the middle of like if we were in our break room or something just as a tick, they I had a whistling tick. This is a story that I tell, but I had a I had a whistling tick and they all set their phone ringtones to a whistle and they uh, started texting each other back and forth. And it was something we talk about just for neurotypical people of finding the right team and someone who's going to champion you mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. But it becomes even more important on two fronts. It becomes important as a person with a disability to seek those things out. Mm-hmm. Actually, three fronts. Fronts. Um, fronts, 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 um, for for us as people with disabilities to be able to seek those out, to have the support necessary by community mm-hmm. and by society to have access to that, but not just access to it, but inclusion in those in those places mm-hmm. uh that we're seeking out employment. And then also um just to be able to advance in ways that um, you know, you see people with disabilities working on like the, I think this is, this is true for a lot of people of color as well. So like you would see in the rank and file and, and lower and middle management, you might see someone with a disability, but are you seeing people who are able to take what makes them special right. and those struggles to be able to be in leadership?
0: Right, right.
1: I had someone recently couldn't tell me. So I'm working through a diagnosis of this, but I, and I'm, I'm pretty sure this is what the issue is, but I, there's something called dyscalculia mm-hmm. and it is a bit like numbers dyslexia and you don't really have concept of time and space. Well, I have a really difficult time reading spreadsheets God. and I had someone who was in a leadership position um, who told me that if I would never, if I was not going to be able to read a PL, which I can, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, if I was not going to be able to instantly interpret a spreadsheet or something like that, I would never be able to be in a leadership position? Oh,
0: that is awful.
1: And the reason why I think it's possible for people like your son or people like me to to fight against things like that is because I went to three other people who had who'd had worked to they're neurotypical but they they told me if you surround yourself with the right people if you're a CEO of a company and you have a CFO that you trust right even if you are a stalker at a grocery store and you want to be a manager someday and you have other people who have been stalkers at grocery stores and now are like owning a shop of their own and they can encourage you um, I think that's a huge piece of it yeah I, I don't know that I heard someone say it was neurodiversity week uh, last week I think and it wasn't awareness week. It was celebration week. Hmm. It is very important for us as a society to understand that we don't just need to be aware and educated about the things that make people quote unquote different. Right. But it is important for us to celebrate what those differences are.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's-, that's what leads to those doors opening up for people like your son and people like me who are struggling with those things.
0: That's so that's so cool. That you know the, the interesting thing about that um, PNL comment is that you know, I tell this people all this time. spreadsheets, I, I like I see a spreadsheet and my whole brain just goes.
1: <laughs> what I Same. At? Oh my god. Same. Oh
0: my god. So yeah, and I love the people. You know, I love the 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 idea of surround yourself with a community of people, you know, that, that encourage you, like the people that you went to, and they're like, listen, if you have a CFO who can, who you trust and can do this, you are good to go. Um, I, I love that. And I think just as a person of color too, I think that's something that's been hugely invaluable to me as well. When you see all of the you know obstacles that are in your path just having that community of people that are like listen you got this you know you can Mm -hmm. do this it doesn't matter the fact that you came from a third world country and maybe you never grew up learning how to speak fluently to a crowd and and you know your words (laughs) don't don't flow up the they don't don't flow like some some other people's (laughs) words do it's, it's okay. You know, you yeah. still have something that's special in you that the world needs and whatever quote unquote deficiencies, and I'm talking about myself now, mm-hmm. um, you know, that I have, I can find people around me to support me. Um, mm-hmm. that. So it sounds like it's, it's the exact same thing. That community piece is so important. Mm-hmm. And I challenge everyone who's out there, who's listening, you know, to... To be a community partner, you know, actually, let's, let's talk about this a little bit, if you don't mind. I think when, sometimes when we challenge people to be uh, speaking from a black person's perspective, we say, oh, you know, white. A lot of our white friends need to be allies. They can't just sit back mm-hmm. and, you know, support us from the stands. But there's always this concept of I'm afraid of saying the wrong thing. I'm afraid of doing the wrong thing. I really want to support this person, but what if what I say is is, is silly or dumb or I end up offending the person? So I can see you laughing now. So, so like, <laughs> <laughs> that's something you must have heard too. It yeah, I want to support you, but I just don't know how. So what would you what would you say to people who are, you know, nervous? Like they have colleagues who who they want to support and they mm-hmm. want to help but they just, they just don't know how to. And I love the example you gave about um, your colleagues.
1: I think setting their ringtone to whistle. Yeah. To like, see, that was a tick just now, whistling. <laughs> oh, I do, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so you start to not notice it after a while, but um, yeah, I, there's a lot to unpack in, in what you just said. First mm. of all, as a privileged white girl, and someone who has just started my own initiative, um, yeah, I've, I've recently started my own podcast called The Franchise Ticker. Oh yeah, and-
0: go check that out. <laughs> called The Franchise Ticker and I will put the link in her
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. But it's based on five things that are very important to me. And one of those is diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm-hmm. And everybody has their own opinions about that there are truths about that that can't be there's no opinion about it there are just some truths about it but uh for me i i live in atlanta Mm. and i live where there are some very predominantly minority communities i live in an indian community personally but um the you know there's a a strong and proud history of the black community here Mm -hmm. in atlanta and some of my closest friends are black and i actually when everything was happening this last summer Mm -hmm. with with everything that happened and what was going on in atlanta specifically i reached out to some of my friends and i made the first mistake of saying okay i don't know what i'm talking about i don't know what to do i'm trying to learn, but I don't even know where to start. And they responded to me and I, it resonated so much with me as a person who does have a disability, which I haven't even, by the way, been felt comfortable, even calling it that for years until I realized that's what it is. And there, you know, that's what it is. But, but, uh, but I made the first mistake of being like, okay, can you educate me? Mm -hmm. As a person who suffers with Tourette's, it's not – I and I said this to someone actually in, in another podcast yesterday that it's not my job to educate someone on my disability, but I take pride in being able to do that because right. I do want the world around me to be able to celebrate me. Right. And I, it's not a matter of being an ally with me. It's a matter of, um, you know – see, this is the crux of the issue. I am a privileged white girl and I don't know the words to say. I don't know where some of the lines are, but I can draw on some of my own experiences and my own story to understand that everybody else has a story too. And I need to make the effort to become a part of that. Mm-hmm. And I starting the franchise ticker am putting myself out there in a way that I'm learning in front of the public. So yeah. I don't know how to talk about certain things and I'm going to make mistakes and I'm learning and we just all have to have a little bit of grace for each other. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the most important thing because we're not going to get it right all the time. One of the things that I did, I don't know, a couple of months ago is that I wrote a piece on that I put out on LinkedIn about what not to do when you like when I tell you that I have Tourette's
0: right yeah
1: yeah and there are things like we talked about support for people with disabilities or for other communities like one of the things that you don't want to do when you see someone rolling that pill in a wheelchair is say hey you got this like that's not how you support people because that is like really condescending Mm. and um, you know how would you know that though unless someone told you or you picked up on that Right. And so it's just a matter of putting in the effort to kind of understand those things. It's not just going to come to you naturally.
0: So what I'm hearing you say and correct <laughs> me if I'm if I'm not getting this right is that to some extent we we're, we're going to make mistakes, mm-hmm. right? But we just need to be comfortable putting ourselves out there and knowing that we're going to make those mistakes and be willing to learn when Mm -hmm. corrected or you know when somebody gives us a differing opinion (laughs) on things and then for us to all give grace
1: Mm -hmm. towards
0: each other because you know there's really no handbook for these things (laughs) no you know this is exactly how to do because you also throw in personality types too right like people are different and respond differently to different things so it's really just you know being open and saying, Okay, I'm gonna try if I make a mistake, I might be correct, I will be corrected if it's a mistake, and I should be able to say, Hey, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it that way. You know, this is what I'm trying to do and learn learn from that. But I do like that you started talking about the 10 things not to do. Because I think for some of our listeners, they're going to be like, okay, yeah, that's
1: all well and good, but I really need a list. I really need a list. (laughs) The worst thing – here's the deal. Here's here's the one thing you need to know is the worst thing that you can do is just not even – not even try because you're scared. My, um, seven-year-old nephew, he turned seven on Sunday. Mm -hmm. He went through a period of time where if he thought he was going to fail at it, he just didn't do it. And I think that's a, something very typical that children go through, but it was really poignant to me when I started to think about that professionally, especially, um, not just, we're, we're talking about this in the context of, of, like societal norms and, (laughs) and relations to other people, but think about it in the context of our careers. We're going to fail. We're all going to fail, but the worst thing that we can do is not put our, the, you know, our best foot forward or take that first step Mm -hmm. because, you know, you're, you know, you, if you don't take any risks, you're never, (laughs) who says that? That's such an old (laughs) phrase. I hate it. I hate to even say it, but it's so true. Like you have to take risks to move forward. Mm -hmm. And if we want to move forward in our careers, if we want to be successful, if we want to be successful in reaching out to other people, we have to put our best foot forward. And that goes for any race in any community around the world, that's just how the human experience is, and how we can relate and grow with each other.
0: Mm-hmm. That is absolutely. Yeah. So, how did your colleagues come up with um, the idea of you know changing their rankings to? to- <laughs> that's pretty ingenious. And did somebody approach you and say, All right, "Will you be okay if we did this?" Or somebody nope. just did it, and
1: I had to. <laughs> Word of 2020, I had to pivot very <laughs> quickly when I was a senior in high school and my at tick started. Mm. And my friends in high school, there were people I never I say this, I never got bullied when I was growing up. I also didn't grow up in the world of social media. That wasn't a thing when I was in right. junior high and high school, but I also just didn't give a crap. Like I wasn't paying attention. I was in my own world. I enjoyed what I was doing. I loved my friends. Like I just, if I was being made fun of, I didn't hear it. Hmm. And <clears throat> it wasn't on my radar. And so if I was being made fun of when I, when my ticks when I, when I was 17, I just didn't register it. I was self-conscious about it, but I had an innate way of not putting myself down, not being self-deprecating, but to have a sense That's of great. humor about it. Yes. So great. You, you kind of get out of the world, what you put into it. Mm -hmm. And that is a very important thing to remember when you are, you know, when you're going through something I said earlier, there's, there's something really important and key about living life intentionally and finding joy. Mm -hmm. And that looks like something different to everybody else or to everybody in the world. But for me, that meant that I just had to go with the flow. Mm. And this was what I had been given. There was a reason for everything I can see now. And I knew then I just thought to myself, I'm going to be great. I'm going to be great at some point because I'm going to stand on a stage one day. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to stand on a stage one day and I'm going to tell my story. And it's going to help someone. Mm. And I had to keep that in mind. It was in the back of my mind. But you just, like I said, you, you get back what you put into something. And that is the, the energy that I put into my relationships. So you don't have to, at that point, tell someone that you're comfortable. There are times that you need to set boundaries and, and say, hey, this is where this line is. And especially stand up for yourself. If someone sees that you have some humor about your your Tourette's Mm. or your disability or whatever that does not give them the leeway to make a joke about it right right Right. but it does hopefully make them feel more comfortable and laughing along with you as you kind of navigate this social situation and that's where my team really stepped in and was like okay if she can joke about it then eventually we were comfortable enough and we knew each other well enough that nobody asked me if I thought it would be funny if they set their ringtones to a whistle, but it just naturally happened that way. Okay. And that's that's how I think if you're in the right setting with the right people, mm-hmm. relationships should progress whether you're dealing with something highly uncomfortable or not. Mm. <laughs> I take that back. You're always going to be dealing with something <laughs> highly uncomfortable, right? <laughs> through that oh my
0: God. that is this is so great this has been such an amazing um I don't know it's been like 30 minutes the time always flies flies <laughs> such an amazing I did want to ask about the date though how did that
1: oh look? my goodness <laughs> okay so in the age of like I'm a <laughs> how much detail do we need to get into on this? <laughs> I am not a big dater. I don't, it's not my favorite thing to do. I never have time for it anyway. I'm focused on the things that I, I, I want to focus on, mm-hmm. but there comes a point in time where you just kind of have to grin and bear it and like go out and date and be a social person. Right. <laughs> so I'm at that point every now and again, I get to that point and I'll go on some dates and They'll usually turn into a second or a third date, but you always have to set the stage. Like I set the stage with someone, okay, I'm a Christian and this like I have Tourette's. I, you know, am an advocate for mental health. And those are certain things that are non negotiables for me. And I and I know that can be a heavy conversation for some Mm -hmm. people up front, but -hmm. those are always things that you have to navigate at the outset because otherwise, one they're wasting their time and I'm wasting Mm -hmm. my time, but you know, it sets the stage for something that's a lot healthier and a lot more open and honest. And that's how I approach relationships. And that seems ridiculous maybe to to be considering before you even go on a first date. Mm -hmm. But I think even in any situation, you know, at work or whatever, setting the right expectations and, and just letting people know, Hey, this is what you can, this is, this is what you're going to see from me. Like what you right. see is what you get.
0: Right, right, that
1: right. I, I've never had an issue ever on a first, second, third, whatever date with my Tourette's ever. That
0: is so great. Yeah. That is awesome. I, I love it. Yeah, That's, a, That's a great story. <laughs> okay. Okay. We could go on and on forever, but um <laughs> <laughs> I have so many more questions, but I'll stop. So we're at the 30-ish minute mark. So you've said a lot of great things. Um, and I'm i am I'm just in awe of you uh-huh. and your your resilient spirit and just, you know, how you're just... I, I love your mindset. I really love your but mind. Thanks. It's, it's, you know, I think something that really struck me that you just said was about how um, in high school... You know, even if people were making fun of you you didn't even care because, you know, yeah. you were just in your own world, you had your friends and it was just kind of like water off your back. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not something I see a lot of kids do. And I wish I I guess that, you know, personalities, again, are different, but but that's 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 a strong character. And I, I love that. that that's Thank great. you. And I hope my kids grow up to be just as strong as you are. This is so great. So but I want to give you the last chance. To say okay. something, um, what would be again? There have been so many takeaways, but what would be your one um, thing that you want people to like leave with? What's the one big word from Cassidy?
1: <laughs> <laughs> know your worth. Right, know your, right? Worth. know your worth. Know that knowing can that you're and that you inherently have value, and nobody can take that away from you. Mm-hmm. And okay. That that's the biggest thing that I, if I, I said this also, I, I feel like I sound like a broken record, but if I could just shake people, especially if I could just shake women Mm. into understanding that like, we're all born with something to uh, offer Mm -hmm. and, um, nobody can dim that light unless we let them.
0: Oh my gosh. That is, that is awesome. Oh,
1: I can't wait to get this
0: episode out to the world. <laughs> this was so, so great. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today, Cassidy. And um, I hope we can get you back just to keep chatting about this topic. It's so, so important. And I'm uh, so grateful that you came today.
1: I have had a blast. Thank you so much for inviting me. I love this. Thank you. All right. So I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye, Ruth.